comes to tales from the abyss, the Muslim filter, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free, in the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Tell him, Jay. <laughs> uh, Jay. Mr. Pahu Rojo? Yes. Uh, it's the wrong show. Uh, where am I? <laughs> You're on Murky Chronicles 20. Oh, wow. My agent told me that I was going to be doing Murky Chronicles this week. I just didn't know what day. So we're doing this now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, welcome to Murky's Chronicles 20. I am Thayful of the Butcher Debashi and filling in for gorgeous Kenny Roberts, none other than the host from Tales from the Abyss, Pahu Rojo, minus Jay Linderman. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here, nevertheless. So uh, where is Kenny? Well, is on location, on vacation? And- well, 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 first of all, I just want to say thank you for that wonderful intro, even though you thought you were doing Tales from the Abyss, because I always <laughs> I always play your, your uh, uh, soundbite from your show when I do my shout-outs of you. I love your entrance, and I love this show entrance. So thank you, brother. Well, I appreciate being here. Now that I know where I'm at, I can find myself in. Well, what is the subject tonight? Well, the subject is uh, chupacabra, and oh boy! And the the question you asked about Kenny Roberts, why he isn't here? Well, I want to give a shout out to gorgeous Kenny Roberts. He is in Hawaii with his lovely wife Tammy and oh, family wow. members. And he wanted me to tell you all, thank you for listening. And he wants me to say thank you for filling in, Pahu. Well, I'm very fortunate to be filling in, Kenny. Wherever you are, I know you're in a good place, having a good time. So enjoy yourself. You know, you know what's funny though too. He wants to let all the listeners know. Well, first of all, do you remember that episode with Peter and Bobby Brady when they stumbled upon that ancient tiki idol and that Hawaiian yes, Brady Punch yes. episode? Uh huh. Well, I pray he has better luck than the Bradys did. And I know he said he was going to go under assignment. In, on assignment and look for some kind of, you know, trinkets or whatever. But he did tell me that they told him, and he's been there a few times in Hawaii, and they they always said they don't want you to take nothing from the beach because they said it's actually cursed. They're, you know, people are saying it's mm-hmm. cursed if you take anything from the beach. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. And then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they created that because they really don't need that big amount of people taking something every time they go there because, I know. I it's, a know. Well, it's a well-visited place, so you never know. I would recommend never taking a chance with things that could be possessed. Well, you know me. I egged them to bring me something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm well, pretty sure he will. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I wanted to, I didn't know what subject I wanted to do today, but um, I figured you might know, you know, uh, something about chupacabra, you know, and I, I, I'm into like Bigfoots and a lot of these, you know, like I've right. said before, I, you know, I've seen Bigfoot, but, you know, it is still believed that the in the darkest of night, many creepy creatures will still come out in the, from their dens. And chupacabra is one of the most mystical monster creatures, mostly famous in the parts of the Americas, Puerto Rico. And several sightings reported that the legendary creature a folklore is still very much there and comes out and out of its shelter and play, uh, prey on the blood of other animals. And the, the legends of Chupacabra 
you know, I guess it began in 1987 when a Puerto Rican newspaper reporter um, reported math deaths to livestock of the populations, and that's why they were deemed, you know. It was the first reported case took place in uh, 1995. Was it 95? Okay, okay. 1995 it took place, and, uh, you know, it's funny that you bring all the areas because there was a, the island of Puerto Rico, Mexico, the United States, uh, southwestern United States to be precise, but other places like Peru, Chile has uh, reported it, and even Maine in the uh, northern part of the United States, as well as Russia and the Philippines. What makes the, the chupacabra such an interesting creature is that uh, besides the sightings, all those animals that have been uh, killed or they have had their blood uh, drawn out or sucked out, whatever, they've all had the uh, distinctive three uh, dots in the back. Wow. Now, the, the chupacabra, would it translate to goat sucker, correct? Goat sucker, which I don't know how the hell Tom Brady's still alive because he would be like the ultimate goat for this creature to <laughs> absorb. Well, so where was it? first reported seen in mexico or puerto rico or where that i know of the first uh the first thing that took place took place in puerto rico and uh they actually said that they saw this creature that looked like a lizard but it also had some features that was like a four-legged lizard and um after that i mean it's just uh it's uh they they and it, it it happened in the small town of Moca, and uh they have a the they have a, a small RD over there or, or this thing that is called the Vampire of Moca, because in 1975 I don't know if that's the one that you were actually referring to. In 1975, there was a series of livestock killings that took place in that uh in that town. Wow! And now fr- and from from there um the attack intensified where they were reported was in 1995, March of 1995. Wow. Well, it's funny. Would you say that city was in Mocha? Where was it called? Well, I mean, where was Mocha. it at? Where at? Mocha. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a city of Mocha. I mean, where's that? What country? Oh, that's in Puerto Rico. You know, it's funny because, you know. Northwestern, the, the northwestern region of the island. It's funny that you brought up mocha because, you know, it's reportedly that, you know, coffee originated from Yemen. And how, that name mocha is an Arabic word. That's how, like, you know, Starbucks and all that, they came up with mocha. because Yeah, of this. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So I didn't know there was a mocha in Puerto well, Rico. Well, a, a lot of words that are, that are from the Spanish language also are very... Uh, they also come from uh, from Arabic, uh, oh. from the Arabic language. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is there, you know, I was, you know, browsing the internet and stuff, and I seen pictures, you know, uh, what they say is a chupacabra. So unlike Bigfoot, did, has people, like, actually have bodies or seen actual bodies of chupacabra? No. No, oh. they, they have. They have reported the, the, you know, they have reported the animal. They have killed some animals that have turned out to be something else. And there's also been an animal that's been very confusing to to human beings, uh, especially in South America. And it's this uh, the specimen from China. It's like a like a giant llama 
that is a Chinese looking llama who has a very intense, uh, ugly face. And that one has been mistakenly uh, believed to be a chupacabra in the past, but has, once they, they find out what it is and actually take a good look at it. So no, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't actually been captured or taken any photos of it that can prove that this is, but the death of all these animals that have happened, once again, they all had the same mark in their back leg where the blood was drawn out. Oh, so they get the leg instead of the neck? Yeah, it's like between like the, like if it was a Boston bot, that area right there. I guess that's where the three marks have been in all of them. wonder if they hit an artery or something. That's, that's all I can think of, but that's, there has been three, apparently this, whatever the hell this thing is, has three uh, pains that, or whatever it has that can bring this uh, blood out of a creature and just taking them out. I mean, it has done a lot of damage because you, you understand that for people like you and me, we, we go to the supermarket, right? Right. But for human beings that live in some of the small towns around the world, whether it's Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Peru, United States, and the areas where, where the animal has struck these people's uh, animals in their farm, this is their, their livelihood. You know, this right. is what they got to eat. So it, it you know intensifies when a creature like that wrecks havoc on their, on their farm. Wow. You know, I'm going to get a hold of my cousins in Yemen because they, they have a lot of farms and plantations and and they raise live, you know, livestock. I'm going to ask them if they have any weird, you know, like chupacabra type deals over there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. I know that, that in 2018, there was uh, there was some attack in India of domestic animals and poultry. And in 2019, once again, Puerto Rico had a, wow. uh, a place called Larry, Larry that uh, had uh, an attack. And that was the last recorded uh, attack of, of this creature. Do you think, do you think like a Bigfoot, which I, I believe there's Bigfoot out there because, you know, I actually seen him a couple of times or a her or whatever. Do you think, and like, you know, people say, how come you don't ever find bodies? Just like bears, you never see a dead bear in yeah, the woods right you think it's the same with the choopy it could be you know it could be it could be that it's never been it's never been killed it could be that uh you know there was a lot of rumors when it happened that that since it happened all over the world with this uh similar death and and, and you know it was an animal running rampant that um there was a lot of rumors that maybe this was some kind of a creature that escaped uh, uh area 51 or something like that wow you know, have you ever heard of the the Ozark Howler? I don't know. Refresh my memory. It's a it's a, a, a an animal. It's from Arkansas's uh, folk, folk, folklore uh-huh. about this uh, this this creature, bear like creature in shape of a great color, shaggy coat, and uh, they just believe that they have seen it, and it's similar to the chupacabra oh, when wow. it comes to the attack. Yeah, but. Do you think it could be like maybe a hybrid, like maybe, you know, some kind of breed? I don't know why it's coming to my mind, but I've done a lot of studying on like uh, coyotes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, well, I read that every single one of the canines, you know, all dogs derive from wolves. And they, you know, and 
you know, and inbreeding and this and that, you know, and each of these species of dogs, you know, had a purpose. Mm-hmm. I, you know, did you know, and I'm, I'm sure you know that there are coyotes in every single city in the United States. And they are now. Yeah. 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 Like I seen a documentary where they're roaming, uh, you know, New York city. Matter of fact, I was working, it was like three, four years ago and I was in Tacoma, downtown Tacoma in the hood hilltop. And in the uh-huh. middle of the hood, I looked over and I, I saw a coyote in the day. I thought it was. You know what? Uh huh. You know what? I got to see the other night on the way home. What's that? Like two blocks, like this street called Graham Street. Uh, two blocks from uh, from basically living the city of Charlotte, from uptown, in a uh, a red fox, beautiful wow. red fox, nighttime crossing the street, beautiful. Wow, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Um. It was probably like early two thousands. Um, me and my cousin, and and my son, and you know, a couple family, and we went up to Mount Rainier. And me and my cousin, we'd always had a thing. We'd smoke hookah, you know, the flavored tobacco. And we had this little portable hookah, so we'd always take videos, no matter where we were. It was just kind of a funny thing, you know, where we could smoke a hookah. So we're sitting in the snow. And as we're smoking a hookah, a white fox start wa- walking up to us. And then my wow. other cousin was dumb. He went out and chased it away. But, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, but you said you yeah. saw a red fox? A red fox. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, it's, I think it's funny, too, because, you know, they said, like, in the past when people try to kill the coyotes to depopulate them, it would actually backfire. They said every time, you know, when the wolf hole, uh, coyote howls, um, you know, they, they do like a, uh, what do you call it? A body check or a, a roll call. So like uh-huh. there's one missing the, 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 the girl coyotes will ovulate. And like, if they, like someone kills two coyotes, They'll all repopulate and probably put out five or six more. So more you try to kill them, there'll be more populated coyotes out there. I thought that was interesting. Wow. That is interesting. But so, you know, there's a lot of, I, I got here, I, I was reading, you know, eyewitnesses like they, you know, like some people say they, they, they the, the common variety is a, a lizard man hybrid, which resembles a typical gray alien. Other Chupacabras have been described as hopping creatures that look like kangaroos or wallabies, and still others look strange, like strange canine figures with fangs. And the other eyewitnesses describe chupacabra as spiny, winged creatures with large red, hypothetic eyes, and they are said to suck their victims' blood through holes made by their fangs, claws, or even sharp tongues. I mean. There's a lot of descriptions. It almost seemed like there isn't one description of a chupacabra. No, I know that in Mexico they have killed in the past a lot of uh, hairless dogs, stray dogs, believing that it was a chupacabra. Wow. Wow. Well, what's your thoughts? You know, what I just told you that I believe maybe something escaped and they had to put him down and find him around. Maybe it can travel. Maybe it has wings. I don't know. Whatever it is, is is I mean, or maybe there was more than one creature who landed in the earth. 
and does government have a way of tracking them down and putting them down? Because uh, the attacks have uh, basically slowed down over the years, but the myth has gone on because how impactful it was that all around this this uh, other countries, the same animals with the same attack, same mark. Yeah, yeah, so, that, that's like either a coincidence or non coincidence. Um, yeah, it was yeah, it was too big of a coincidence for it to be just uh, just a random thing that just happened. I mean, it just for for it to happen all over the, the South America, North America, and the Caribbean. Wow, it's kind of odd. Well, you, you know, know is is this really odd? Yeah, you know, I just pulled up something that said in two thousand six. Mo's News reported that a chupacabra been sighted in Russia. 32 turkeys and 30 sheep were reported dead with all their blood drained. Later that year, the remains of an unidentified canine or rodent were discovered in Maine. The carcasses was too badly damaged to be properly identified, but some believe that it was a chupacabra. Wow. And, oh, I want to give a shout-out to Chupi, Chupacabra, a professional wrestler out in uh, California, and love his gimmick. And, I don't know, a side note, I just happen to look. I, I won't step in Seattle for obvious reasons, but, <laughs> but a Mex- Mexican restaurant in Seattle, and it's still going strong, is called El Chupacabra. Uh-huh. And it's still going on strong to this day. Yep. Last time I looked, I was looking up. I said, oh, that, that's, you know. <laughs> another 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 tidbit, uh, you know, Chupacabra is featured in several, several B-horror films. I don't know if you've seen yes, them. They have, they have made they have made some low-budget uh, films about the Chupacabra. Yep. And that's another thing. And it, it was something so big and so impactful after all these years. You think Hollywood wouldn't be doing like a bigger movie about this? Oh, Sometimes when it's something so impactful and so real, they stay away from it. Have you noticed it? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a good, uh, that's a good observation. A good observation. Yeah. I, it, they're asked to. You know, I, 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 I noticed they were featured in several B horror, horror films and I was looking them up. There was Bloodthirst, Bloodthirst 2. And there was nothing. Oh, uh, I was trying to look at Rotten Tomatoes. Bloodthirst 2, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 17%. And then there was a Mexican werewolf in Texas. I kind of want to see what that's all about. Those werewolf movies, if they do them right, they're good, man. The werewolf within, that's a great movie. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what someone should make a Chupacabra film. I think... You know. But make it, but make it like real, real, uh, good. Like no low budget. Like, like uh, American Werewolf in London. Yeah, like something well done where people can actually look at it and and actually enjoy it. Like something that looks that looks well done with good technology and good special effects and. Wow, that's what I. That's that's what I wish they would they would just go and and, and do because uh, wow have you seen the photos of this this thing it all looks like 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 that's why they were killing all this hairless dogs in Mexico because 
basically when you see something dead that they tell you was a, a chupacabra, it's just a hairless dog. Right, right. Do you think it could be mm-hmm. just a dog that's diseased and hungry and malnourished? And ah, uh, no, because it's just the three dots, man. The three dots. I mean, it's, that thing usually. I mean, it would be too much of a coincidence that the dog is running around all over the world and it only has three three fangs. Yeah, because you know canines usually go through the jugular for the throat, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Most animals, if you see them, they attack a specific way, and this is like a creature that is. They just need that blood. You know, I think something like searching for chupacabra or something, you know, sort of like finding Bigfoot would be big because, you know, the the Hispanic, the, the Latino, you know, uh, community is getting big in, in the United States. So I think it, it might be a hit series. Like, uh, like a, uh, like, like, uh, like a Discovery Channel. Yeah, Exactly. Or Animal Planet, maybe? Or shoot, uh-huh, even uh-huh. sci-fi. What the heck? Yeah, they do documentaries, too. What? Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. So, in all in all, what, what, what's your thoughts on Chupacabra? Basically, a small creature, because it can't be that big, um, sucks the blood through some kind of a tail, or, or it has a... a a tongue that has uh, three spikes in it. The, and uh-huh. there's more than one. Travels in packs. And boy, can they rake, rake habit oh. when they get a hold of one of those farms. Oh, so they do run in packs, huh? Or no? Well, that's, what I, that's what I'm thinking in some cases where they have had more than one animal uh, dead. I mean, how much blood can this thing suck in one night? I mean. Right. You know, and, you know, oh. there's always been, like, a lot of theories about Bigfoot. They could be traveling through portals and stuff like that. I mean, how do we know that's not the same case of Chupacabra? Or you even said you had a good uh, idea about them. Maybe it could be an experience. Maybe an area, was it 51 or 21, whatever that area is? Uh, is it 51? Mm-hmm. Area yeah. 51. Yeah, you know, it mm-hmm. could be. You know, and who knows, especially with all this stuff of Fauci coming out, you know, doing all this stuff to animals or even in China, all those experiments. How do we know? I mean, you just never know. Yeah, because he's basically, yeah, he's basically, Dr. Fauci has basically gotten caught with his, uh, even though in this country they call him Saint Fauci. Yeah. He's supposed to be this kind of other mythical creature that is untouchable. He has basically gotten caught uh, doing that, uh, that thing that they do where they, they have a name to it. God damn, I always forget the they, name. It's where they alter the virus to make it something that uh, that could kill human beings. And they alter the entire uh, structure of the virus to make it more potent to see if they can bring it down. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, they were saying that they, they surgically removed the vocal cords so they couldn't hear the dogs yelp. And what I want to know is where's PETA with all this? Nowhere to be found. Exactly. They're like another fake, another fake activist of the land. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all fake activism. I hate, I hate to tell people that, but the majority of the businesses that were like big, that were in big businesses that were burned in this country, the majority belong to minorities. Yep, yep. You had liberals that were burning a lot of uh, 
minority business in the name of racial injustice. And people haven't say anything about it. Yeah, that's crazy. It's been mighty quiet. So yeah, there's 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 there could be there could be something to that. People like Fauci. He's not the only one. He's just one of the most powerful men doing this kind of stuff and basically lying through his teeth about it because he gets a pass no matter what he does. But exactly. yeah, they probably alter a creature that, that they couldn't control. Yeah. Well, I got one last tidbit I pulled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get a swig of my crystal light. Oh. Uh, okay. In July of 2007, Phyllis Canyon of Correno, Texas, founded three carcasses of animals that she believed to be a chupacabra. The creature's DNA was sent to Texas State University in San Marcos for testing. That's all I, mm-hmm. I don't know what the outcome was. They, they, they said it was a hairless dog. Oh, is that, oh, they did? Okay. Well, that's what they said. I mean, we don't know if, if it was really a hairless dog or no, but that's what they said. Well, uh, once it goes there, they can pretty much, the government can take over and tell them to say whatever they want them to say. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, I mean, if you got a wife and kids at home, what are you going to do? Challenge them? (laughs) True. True. (laughs) You know, I think, I don't know if how this all ties together. I mean, I think the government knows about Bigfoot. They know about Chupacabra. They know about UFOs. And they said that, you know, it's slowly coming out about UFOs little by little. I, Mm. uh, I keep on getting this project name wrong, but you know, if you notice that they're getting really good with all these uh, holograms, making it look like yeah. things are real, and everyone's been saying, and I think this all ties together about was that Project Bluebeam, and mm-hmm. almost like the War of the Worlds, War, War of the Worlds radio show, you know, but this, you know, they're gonna make it like we're really getting attacked. And then all the world will come together, one world order government. How else they're gonna bring everyone together and you know, things will go to the crapper from there even more. So, you know, how do you I don't know. I th- I I guess what I'm trying to say, you never know what the government's doing. All these No, all this government. And, yeah. I mean, you have seen you have seen I mean, even in Canada where that man did everything in his power, uh Fidel Castro's illegitimate son. Oh, uh Trudeau? Yeah, and he stayed in power. Yep, yep. So you know the way that the way that the world is shaping, something big is going on with all this government, but they're definitely working together and not on our benefit. I I just hope it goes to the good. That's all I gotta say. That's all we can hope. Well, brother, what else? You have any more things on Chupacabra? Well, that's that's pretty much. uh, That's pretty much. All, all I, all I can tell you is that, um, you know, it's like Bigfoot. You, but except for this one, has done a lot of damage. I tell you the truth. I hope I never run into a chupacabra, and I want to run into Bigfoot <laughs> again. Well, there, there have been more, more, uh, more, more uh, friendly encounters uh, with Bigfoot with a, with a, yeah, with a Bigfoot than there is with a chupacabra because. Uh, the Chupacabra, man, I mean, once it got started, it, it hasn't ended, basically. Yep. Yep. Wait, hey, 
I don't want to throw that out there, but it would be a good uh, good cover up for a serial killer. What the chupacabra did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then again, the chupacabra hasn't killed any humans. They that, just that, go after uh, they just go after livestock. That's true. That's true. Well, brother, <laughs> that that may be a hard one. Well, you know, before I got play the audio treat for everyone. Um, and if you don't have any more tidbits for Chupa, about Chupacabra, how about you uh, give out all your shout-outs and plug your show and everything you want. Uh, just take it away, my brother. Hey, Tales from the Abyss, me and Jay Lenderman, we are doing it every week. Um, well, I got to break the news to Jay that once I don't do shows after after <laughs> December the 12th, maybe uh. Maybe you and him can pick up the mantle if Jay wants to do it. Because once the holidays come around, nobody wants to listen to a podcast. So I'd rather put it You'll off. Be surpri- You'll be surprised, brother. You'll be surprised. Really? Why they're, why they, really? why they're uh, doing their holiday gift wrapping and, and, and cooking their holiday food. Put some head oh, Okay, so maybe for you. Maybe for you. Let me not ruin it well, for you. For me, it's never been a successful well, thing. So I guess I come back on the second week of January. Well, please, please, because or do it during the holiday season because people are getting already sick of Mariah's Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Can they still play that? It hasn't been banned yet. <laughs> Which is the one that got banned? Uh, oh, baby, it's cold outside. Got banned. Oh, that man. I I, I played that last. <laughs> holiday season i put that number one i played the most controversial most controversial song in the holiday season more than wap was that song how how dare you don't you know you should be out there burning businesses down in the name of racial injustice exactly any more other by the way that was me joking that was sarcasm before somebody thinks that i'm out here trying to propose a burning business down because the liberals get a pass but people like me do not but yeah, you can find me and Jay Lenderman, um, Tales from the Abyss. This week we're going to be doing a uh, a real nice episode of uh, the Five Deadly Venom, the nice. Kung Fu classic. Nice. Yeah. That's what we're going to be doing. We're stepping away from horror for a few weeks, and we're still soaking in blood from those uh, Halloween Kill specials that we did. Yes, they were great. That's awesome. I remember watching Kung Fu Theater. In the mornings on Sunday. Yeah, that was that was back in the day, man. That was that was that was it. Wait, matter of fact, if you get the L Ray Network, they play Kung Fu Theater. The Ray Network, yeah, it's discontinued, but now it's coming back in some some kind of a format. I don't know where, but no, I own. I got a, a nice collection, and so does does Jay. I mean, we've been collecting these things our whole life. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. what we're gonna be unleashing upon the earth for the next few episodes anything else brother no bro that's that'll that'll be it i mean it's been a pleasure well i want to give my shout out and i want to give a shout out to jay linderman thanks for sharing pahu rojo it was a pleasure to have you on brother thank you and kenny appreciate gorgeous kenny roberts appreciates it and hopefully he don't bring home that tiki idol And, (laughs) and uh shoot what else i got oh the best catchphrase of any business uh, to the sweet and low upholstery, their stitching is bitching. I love their tagline. Stitching is bitching, baby. Stitching yep. is bitching, baby. And to my Lyrical and Daily Spit podcast, you can get the show links as well as Murky Chronicles 
at lyricalspit.com. And also the 24-hour hotline, 360-200-8779. Leave a message and you may just hear it right here on the show. So, guess what, Mr. Pahu Rojo? I got a treat for everybody. Hit us with it. Okay. Courtesy of the Darkness Prevails YouTube channel. If you oh, like wow. yeah, if you like what you about what we're about to play, check their channel out and see what else they have. It's a great channel. This is six real and disturbing encounters of the Chupacabra. Hashtag save our children. Hashtag Epstein and McAfee didn't kill themselves. And if she has an apple, she has a banana. What do you think about that? Stay away from the banana, kids. <laughs> or a plantain. Because you know what they do with plantains? They double smash it and fry it, right? <laughs> mafungo, baby, mafungo. I love mafungo. But only the mafungo on the plate. Enjoy right after this brief commercial break. The chupacabra is a menacing, ravenous creature usually seen in the southern United States and Mexico, feeding on cattle before running off in the night. But as you're about to see, some very unlucky people have encountered this creature close up. Enjoy these real-life encounters with the chupacabra. If you have a story of your own and you want it narrated, share it with us at darkstories.org. Beast on a Louisiana farm from Ryan 101. It was 21 years ago. I encountered this beast or monster. Call it whatever you want, but it was not human. I spent my entire life up until I was 19 on a farm in Louisiana in the middle of nowhere. We had horses, cattle, chicken, etc. It was quite peaceful most of the time. My father had recently twisted his ankle while trying to break in a horse. I ended up breaking her myself and she became mine. About two weeks later, things started to happen. We would hear the cattle panic coming from the field. Every time we checked, one of the calves would be missing. The odd thing was there were no traces of the calf left, except for blood and some of the hooves. My father was furious as this happened almost every week in the first month of winter. We always guessed at it being a bear, because there weren't any wolves or coyotes around here. So my father began to set traps at the edge of the woods to hopefully catch whatever was doing this. All we ended up catching was one red wolf and some foxes, but one of the openings to one of the trails me and my father usually go horseback riding on had two traps, both of which didn't catch anything, but ended up bent out of shape with a thick smelly black fur and blood on it. My father immediately thought of a black bear doing this, but how could a black bear do this to a bear trap? The following day, we went to my uncle's house to pick up my dog, Max. I've had him since he was a puppy, and he was the most loyal animal I have ever owned. After the long drive home, I decided to play around with the dog. We played fetch. He followed me around on the horse. Then we sat under the old oak tree on the side of the barn. As I was enjoying the nature and beginning to doze off, Max suddenly perked up. His gaze was fixated on the opening of the woods. 
What was just curiosity, though, turned into a low and menacing growl coming from Max. Max stood up showing his teeth, and all the hair on his back stood on end. I stood up and was scanning the edge of the woods to see if I could see anything. This continued for what seemed like forever, until it all just stopped. Max immediately calmed down and looked at me. I was a little creeped out then. I took a deep breath and told Max it was time to go in and eat, and so we did. The next day, my father was setting up something in the top of the barn. I walked over and asked, What you doing, pups? He sighed and chuckled and gestured for me to climb up the ladder, and I did. He was setting up a camera, apparently. We just might see what's doing this, he said to me. Next to him lay a hunting rifle. What do you plan on doing with that? I asked. He looked at me and said, Whatever it is, we're going to stop it. But first, we need to bring the cattle closer to us so we can get a clean shot. So my entire afternoon had been used helping my dad move the cattle closer and in better view of the barn. That night, my father set out in the blistering cold waiting for something to happen. Max was inside the barn, below us, probably sleeping in the hay. A few hours passed and nothing happened. I was beginning to doze off, lying down in the hay until I heard something. Something rubbing against the side of the barn, knocking over a bucket. I jumped up when I heard this, and so did my dad. He slowly peeked out the window before saying, Oh my god, under his breath. I did the same, looking out the window, and saw what he was looking at. It was a massive creature on all fours, crouching behind a tree, the same one I usually sit under. My father aimed his loaded rifle at it. I could see him slowly pulling the trigger, before Max began to growl and bark at the thing. Whatever it was, it spun around quickly and fixed its sight on us. Its dark yellow eyes are forever burned in my mind. Then it began to growl, which I could feel from it being about 30 yards away. I began to panic inside of my head as I saw it get closer and ready to pounce. The growling from both my dog and this creature were shut out as I heard the sound of my father's rifle fire. The creature roared in what appeared to be pain as my father grabbed me and pulled me down the ladder. I called for Max, who ran up behind me and followed me and my father to the house. When we got inside, before closing the door, I looked behind me. I wish I hadn't. I saw what seemed like a couple hundred pounds rushing towards me. I could feel every step it made as it sprinted at us. It was about 50 yards away when I realized that its left eye was bleeding. My father pulled me through the doorway, closing the door, then managing to lock all three locks on it. We ran around locking everything so that nothing could get inside. Then we hid in the family room, which was in the middle of the house. It had windows, but no doors. Max ran around the house barking and growling at the thing as it seemed to try every entrance to the home. At one point, we heard pounding on the front door, but it stopped when Max started barking at it. My father and I waited until midday to check and see if it was still there, and to our relief, it was gone, but it had left a mess in its wake. 
two of our horses were dead, and the rest had escaped into the pasture. The spot in which we were waiting for the thing to appear was destroyed as well, and so was the camera. My father slowly fixed the barn up, and we never had a problem with the thing again. I eventually moved out when I turned 19, moving in with my girlfriend. I'm married now, and we eventually moved back onto that farm. My father, now older, looks as if he hasn't changed a day, except for a few gray hairs, and he recently told me that he had never seen the thing again, which made me happy, so maybe I can raise my son on the same farm in safety. Although everything is calm again, my father seems to be obsessed with it. He even confessed to trying to find the eye that he had shot out of the creature. He wants to see it again, but I definitely feel the opposite. Winged Creatures from Miss T. This took place in Mexico, specifically Rio Bravo, Tamaulipas. It was right next to the border of Texas. I was about five years old then. It was nighttime and my dad had gotten home from work. We all headed outside and he brought along with him this huge searchlight. My mom said it was like the ones you see on superhero movies. It was so big that it took up the entirety of the back of the truck. It was maybe four to five feet in diameter. My mom said we were all excited about it. She asked my dad to turn it on so we could see how it looked. My dad agreed, but he said he would point it towards the sky as it could damage your sight. He did, and they all said it looked amazing. You could see the light go all the way up to the sky, touching the clouds. We were just enjoying the sight. I honestly can't remember any of it though. Even the next part, even though my family remembers it clearly. That's when they saw them. There were five creatures with massive wings, resembling a mix between reptile and mammal. They said that they were coming closer and closer, and they could make out huge claws on both hands and feet. They seemed to be attracted to the large light. They were massive, maybe 10 feet, even being so far up we could tell they were big. They were gray or black in color, and were doing weird formations or shapes, dipping in and out of the clouds. Then after a while, they appeared to lose interest and disappeared into the clouds. My family was in disbelief. No one had a clue what these creatures were. My mom said that the family did not feel threatened or afraid at the time, just amazed. My parents have never been the kind of people to make up lies or stories, and when they tell this story, they always have an expression of seriousness. I can do nothing but believe it and feel a bit creeped out. Winged Horror from Anonymous It was either May or June of 1996. I was newly married, and my husband and I bought a brand new house out in Rialto, California. If you drive by there now, there's houses all over, but back in 1996, there weren't as many there, and there were still plenty of empty lots and open space. I worked in LA and had a two-hour drive home every night. 
since our house was brand new, there were no curtains. We had so many windows and curtains were so expensive that we could only afford to buy one room at a time. The room I hated the most to be in at night was the kitchen, because the window there above the sink was huge, and of course, it didn't have curtains yet. When you looked out of it, all you could see was pitch black. I would refrain from looking out of it, because I was always afraid that one day I would look into it and see some maniac's face staring back at me fiendishly. Well, that never happened, but guess what did? It must have been around 10 p.m. I was still opening boxes, cleaning, cooking, and washing. I was walking through the kitchen and into the den when some movement outside caught my eye. The moon was bright in the sky and the neighbors had their backyard lights on, so visibility was better than normal. When I looked out at the movement that caught my eye, and keep in mind I know it sounds weird, but I saw a big dog standing or walking along the back fence. When I say a big dog, I mean a creature that had a long body like a husky or German shepherd. It was a big, long, dog-like thing, just walking along the fence with its head down, as if it was sniffing, just like you'd see a normal dog do at the park. I didn't know my neighbors yet, so I figured that one of them must have had a table near the fence, and that this was one of their dogs climbing up there and getting a good sniff. I noticed this, but continued walking into the den. But then it hit me. The back fence does not have a rim or edge for anything to walk on. It was wooden and stood straight up, like a typical privacy fence. A sudden chill came over me, so I walked back to the window and looked out at the back fence. Only now I saw that the dog was not a dog. This thing, whatever it was, was perched on the back fence and was staring in at me. It looked more like a massive buzzard. It had a long neck and a big body. I froze at first when I saw it. I then moved a little to my left, but its head followed me wherever I went. I moved to the right then, and again, it continued to stare at me. I remembered saying to myself, if that thing were to fly through this window and get in here, I'd be dead. I didn't have any weapons or any way to defend myself, especially against a nightmarish creature like that. Then the freakiest thing happened. This creature had wings and opened them up like a huge kite or bat. It was so beyond belief that I nearly passed out. It spread its wings and leapt into the sky. I was shaking so bad at this point, I began to cry. I know what I'd seen, and it was no dog, and it certainly wasn't my imagination. I then became afraid to go back upstairs to my bedroom. The upstairs did not have curtains yet. I had bought some cheap towels and hung them there though until we could afford curtains. I left all the lights on and stayed in the one and only room that did have curtains. It was the small bedroom my stepson would be staying in. I waited for my husband to get home from work. He worked a swing shift and didn't get home until 1am, often later than that. For those of you who might know the area, I lived on Via Verde Street, just off the 15 freeway before you go into the mountains and out to Vegas. I forget the name of the exit, 
but it was the one after baseline. At the time, the whole chupacabra craze was starting in Puerto Rico, and I truly, honestly believed that what I saw on that fence was a chupacabra. What else has wings, resembles a dog's body, and has a long neck? As it was so dark though, I couldn't tell if the creature had feathers, fur, or scales. All I could tell was that its body was big and black. I still remember this as if it were yesterday, and it makes me tear up from shock. My Chupacabra Encounter from WDN69 I was eight years old and was going to Mexico to visit my parents. We had a great time. I ended up seeing the Aztec ruins and some of the tropical waters. My grandma took me to a little house that she grew up in when she was a child. It was almost ancient and felt like it would collapse at any moment. We finished the day by staying overnight in a cabin, setting up a campfire and eating some s'mores. My grandparents and my brothers were telling some Mexican urban legends. They mentioned La Llorona, El Cocoy, and La Lechuza. They then brought up the Chupacabra, which my parents had always told me about since I was little. I woke up in the middle of the night that night. I had heard a strange noise outside, so I stupidly looked out the window. I couldn't remember much, but I saw a weird, skinny, hairless creature standing outside. I freaked out and quickly hid under the blankets. I heard scratching noises all night and couldn't sleep. When it was morning, I woke up and went outside. I went to that tree where I'd seen that creature and saw claw marks scratched into it. My brothers had seen it as well, and they'd also smelled something horrible there. We found a dead deer with two puncture marks on its stomach. I didn't know what was going on, but my brothers had an idea. It's the chupacabra, they said. We came across another carcass, and it had the same sort of puncture marks on it. My brothers were really creeped out, and we decided to get the heck out of there. We didn't tell our grandparents and acted like it never happened. Three years passed and now I was 11 years old. I had almost forgotten about the chupacabra incident. My mom told us that we could visit our grandparents again soon. It had been three years and I was looking forward to it. When we visited, we went to Cancun and Mexico City together. And for old times sake, we ended up going to the same cabin that I had gone to three years ago. That's when the memories of the chupacabra came back to my head. That night, I was awakened, like all those years ago, to a scratching sound. In my head, I knew it was the chupacabra. I looked out the window, but this time I didn't see anything. I soon gave up and tried to go to sleep. I was awakened again by twigs snapping outside. It was loud, so it must have been close. Slowly, I peered out the window, and I saw it. That hairless, thin creature. It saw me looking at it and quickly ran away, never coming back to the cabin. After the sun rose, I noticed that the window had some claw marks on it. After breakfast, I went outside and saw broken twigs and sticks. 
Oddly, there weren't any footprints left by it. I returned to that tree that I'd seen three years ago. There were more fresh claw marks there. And yet another deer carcass. My cousin was dumb and wanted to bag himself a chupacabra, according to him. He disappeared into the woods alone with a blade. A couple of hours later, he came back. His face seemed pale. What happened? I asked. Then he lifted up his arm, revealing a huge claw mark, followed by two red dots on his back, resembling almost perfectly the two punctures that I'd seen on the deer. To this day, my cousin still won't tell us what happened or what he saw. I'm just glad that he came back okay. I'm not planning to go back to Mexico just to see that chupacabra again. If I do, we'll be far away from that cabin and we'll be enjoying our family this time. I don't want to become its dinner. The Pacer of Texas from CSP202 Growing up, every holiday my family would tell stories of the creatures they'd seen, things like chupacabra, giant birds, and whatnot. But there was one story that they always bring up, the one that they'd all seen. They call it the Pacer. How they described it, it was a fast four-legged beast as big as a cow and with the velocity of a tiger. And honestly, I was scared to ever see this thing myself, but the adventurous side of me was very curious to see this so-called pacer. Little did I know that one night, I would finally come face to face with this creature. One morning, I was awakened by my grandpa who told me to come outside, and what I saw was gruesome. Something was dead. As I got closer, I saw that it was one of the cats. I was speechless. My grandpa told me that it may have been a local tomcat who did this, or maybe it was a bobcat or something like that. So he told me that I had to take care of it. I planned on doing so that night. My little cousin was staying with us that day, and he knew I was going to get that cat that had done it. He asked me if he could join in, so I said sure. When I departed, I brought a flashlight with me, as well as my trusty 410 with five slugs. So we waited and waited, my cousin and I making small talk, catching up on things, until we suddenly heard a noise. There was something large moving in the bushes. It sounded big enough to be a cow, but when my cousin shone the light in that area, I saw something that I won't soon forget. It was massive, standing on four legs, its body was extremely muscular. It was covered in dark brown fur with long ears sticking up, pointing at us. Its neck was especially long as well, with hair running down the top of its back. The head had deep scars with a mouth like a wolf's, if not bigger. The teeth were like the size of small knives. They were yellowish and jagged. The eyes were burning red and looked more like a snake's eyes. The thing stared at us, and we stared back. I felt like I couldn't move, like if I did, I would die. I told my cousin to get behind me. I gave him my knife and told him to walk slowly back to the house. As he did, I loaded a slug into the 410, keeping the flashlight gleaming on its face. 
It started to growl and snarl, and I swear it was getting closer to us. I did what I had to do, aiming at it and firing. Afraid that I would miss the opportunity to escape, I immediately turned and ran. I never saw if I hurt the beast. I was more concerned with surviving. Back at the house, I told my grandpa about the beast. He admitted that it was probably the pacer. He told me that it wasn't safe to go out at night at the time, so I'd have to stay indoors at night for the time being. I think my cousin and I got lucky because they call it the pacer because of how fast the thing is. Chupacabra on my grandparents' land from King Cringe. My grandparents own part of a really big old gravel pet and my brothers and cousin and I, being the stereotypical little kids, often went on a lot of adventures, if you will. We were building more or less a fort by clearing the brush in a wooded part of the area while we had our dog tied up to a tree with a really long leash. He was a big dog and we all knew he could snap that rope if he wanted to, but he was really well behaved. But right around four o'clock, he started to growl really low and was quite skittish. Out of nowhere, he took off straight into the trees, snapping his rope like floss. There was a very throaty sound, like nails on a chalkboard mixed with golems gurgling. We heard the sounds of crunching leaves and thought it was the dog running back, but instead of the dog coming out of the woods, we saw something tan-colored and hairless running through the tree line. I didn't get a good look at it, but I guess it was closer to the size of a skinny black bear. The dog kept running back to us, then back to where the creature had come from. Thanks to us being young and our lack of knowledge, we just thought it was some animal our dog had spooked and was chasing. So we followed him. In the middle of a bunch of huge black berry bushes, there was a couple of deer skeletons and some recently dead rodents in a pile. The inside of some of these rodents was completely dry. I remember saying that it looked like beef jerky. Fast forward a couple of months. My cousin and I were playing in the gravel pit when we saw a cougar walking towards us. Then through the nearby bushes, a tan-colored thing popped up, jumping out of the tall grass and lunging at the cougar. The cat ran off spooked and the thing chased after it. All I can say is that we were left there, dumbstruck. Beware the chupacabra. It can lurk anywhere. In the city. In the woods. Just outside your home in the middle of the night, looking for a way inside. If you're not careful, if you leave a window open or a door ajar, you may just wake up to find that your kids were drained of all their life. Good night. Thank you for downloading and listening, and please spread the word. Subscribe and follow Murky Chronicles on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on most of your favorite podcast platforms. You can get all the show links at lyricalspit.com.
help keep this show free by buying some of our swag of apparel at butcherspit.com. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and even baby onesies. That's butcherspit.com.